This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Michael Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group located in Ventura, California. This week we have a good topic. We're going to be talking quite a bit about ethics. We're going to be talking about industry standards and how these things apply in the financial services world. But we can't start the show without my good friend, my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, as usual, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing? I am doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me on the show I'm excited about this topic. It's fascinating to me. And there's a lot of changes, uh, regulatory changes, and the government's trying to uh, yep. make some changes as to how people can operate in the financial uh, business area and advisors and brokers and insurance salesmen and all these types of people who deal with your money. And uh, I, th- I think overall, it's a good thing. It's going to be a good thing. And I think uh, you've already been there. Uh, you're already up to speed, so to speak, on this, but uh, you're just the mm-hmm. guy I want to talk to about it because I know this is something that uh, that you really believe in and have worked so hard for as well. And so today, ethics in the financial world, I like that topic. Uh, how have you been, though? How's everything at the Lynn Group? Good, good. We've been busy. The weather's finally changing. It's darker in the mornings. It's a little cooler. So it's kind of fun to obviously be experiencing the seasons. It's. I found it's certainly harder to get the kids up for school, though, when it's dark <laughs> now. So yeah, that's the, that's the only only flaw around here. But otherwise, life is good, and we're just excited. I mean, I always want to start with the precursor. These types of topics can be challenging for listeners because not a lot of people understand that there are distinctions. A lot of people don't really understand that depending on the way an investment, a product, an insurance policy is solicited, that a advisor doesn't have to act in their best interest. And I think when you say stuff like that, Tony... It's kind of confusing, right? Because Right. It can get complicated. You can get pretty deep in the weeds. Well, what's the assumption, though? The assumption is when someone is helping you, they're always helping you and not necessarily themselves. So what happens is, is in the industry, there are regulatory bodies that have created guidelines. The industry standards are designed so that financial professionals have some type of legal guideline to follow when soliciting customers. Now, to me... Being legal is different than being ethical and or being moral. Just because you're following the law and doing what the law says, it doesn't necessarily mean you're taking the most appropriate steps to preserve, take care of, procure, help, guide your clients. And that's what we're talking about today is certainly what is legal, but what is right. And that's where ethics and standards come into play. Now, Tony, you and I, we've talked a number of weeks on the whole Department of Labor changes. The first question that always comes up is, what the heck does the Department of Labor have to do with financial services? But that's its own conversation. Right. That is somewhat (laughs) confusing. Yes. 
<laughs> but really what happens is in the world of financial services, if we were to bucket planning into two major categories, there's what's called a suitability standard and a fiduciary standard. So when you look up what a suitability standard is, basically suitability standards is when some type of insurance agent or some type of advisor offers a product for sale from a range of products that they have through some companies and they are ultimately paid a commission. And that commission is calculated as a percentage of the money invested in the product. So nothing right or wrong there. That's just the definition of, of the type of person that is operating under the suitability standard. Um, these people are regulated either by the California Department of Insurance or a government securities body called FINRA. And then as we drill down into the suitability standards, really what a suitability standard says is they have to get some basic understanding information about you, your age and your income and your risk tolerance. And the goal is to then fit you up with products. Um, the two major people that function in the suitability world on the insurance side, you have standalone insurance agents. So if you go to the state of California, you take your little quiz, you get your license, you're an insurance agent. You can now sell different types of life insurance products, um, single premium life insurance, index life insurance, whole life insurance. You have the, the fixed and fixed index style annuities also that you can solicit, but those are what insurance agents sell and they sell them with life insurance licenses. And I always actually found that kind of funny, Tony, because I understand life insurance, but wait a second, a fixed and a fin fixed index annuity doesn't really have a lot to do with the concept of life insurance. So I've always thought it was rather amazing that life insurance agents are the ones soliciting those products. But, you know, as we always say, it is what it is. If you then yep. venture into the security side, the stocks, the bonds, the mutual funds, the ETFs, the real estate investment trusts, alternative investments, variable annuities, variable life insurance, all those things, these, the people that operate under the suitability standard are what are called registered representatives working for a broker dealer. Commonly, you could have like a Morgan Stanley, a Merrill Lynch, something like that, where it's a big broker dealer. And the whole purpose of the, the person, the advisor you're working with, just like an insurance agent, is to meet you, get a basic understanding of you, and then try to put you in a certain type of product. Now, I'm taking a, an ethics class at, at Cal Lutheran because I find education is extremely important. And in the class, I started looking up the definitions of suitability and fiduciary standards. And I found a little paragraph that I thought was rather interesting as it discussed the definitions of these two standards so that people could better understand what's happening here. And it read, the suitability standard states that a broker only needs to check the suitability of a prospective buyer based primarily upon financial objectives, current income level and age in order to complete a commissionable sale of a financial product. In a way, when a broker checks the suitability of a potential buyer, they are measuring how much financial product can be sold, not the needs of the investor. No disclosure of possible conflicts of interest is required. You know, so then that starts to really create the, 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 the distinctions between the different standards because the goal of a suitability standard is to sell someone a legally viable product, 
but they're not going to force your hand on how much can you put into it, why can you put it in, so they can get you to put in a whole lot or a whole little with not much more analysis. Um, as we move down the line, though, you get to the other standard, what's called a fiduciary standard. And to be fair, this is the standard that at a minimum, even if someone wasn't a fiduciary, they should still be acting as a fiduciary. Someone should always be acting in the best interest of your money at all times, not because the state told them to or the SEC told them to, but because we're in the business of helping people with their life savings. I don't care if you have 50000 or $5 million. That is the most important money to you, and you need to be getting advice that is helping you with your money, not helping your advisor with your money. It's also important to point out that some of these people, like you were talking about, uh, these so-called financial professionals work for one of the big box names. And I'm not going to list the names, but there are these big box financial companies and they just have a list of things, a set list of, you know, okay, so here's six things or here's 10 things we can offer you from this one company. And that person, all that person really is, is a salesman. They're going to say, okay, how much money do you have? Do you have enough money for this one? And they're going to put you in the one that the most expensive one they can or the one they're going to get the best commission out of as right. long as you, they've determined you have enough money to purchase it. And so they're really looking at, they're working for that company. They're not working for their clients. And right. that is, I think, the distinction between you and so many of the people out there, the financial professionals, is that you have a fiduciary standard. You're a registered investment advisor and you're a financial planner who's going to look at the big picture and you work for your clients. You don't work for any one company or insurance company or investment company, do you? No. No, we work for the client. We make decisions based on what we feel is their best interest. And that's key. I have all the companies. We have all the products. We have all the resources. And it is our responsibility to drill down. Now, the problem, though, is, is almost this conversation we're having, Tony, is everybody focuses on product. I mean, trust me, I, I learn from all the people that come in my door through conversations, through experiences, that not saying that all advisors are the same, not planners are the same, but the typical experience is you go to a meeting and within the first or second meeting, there's already a product on the table that is going to solve all of your problems, all of your solutions, all of your life's woes, and you should be purchasing it. When someone comes and meets with us, we don't talk product. We focus on planning. We focus on the big picture. We organize all of our different incomes and expenses and all of those things because we can't pick product right away until we understand you and understand your situation. And that can't be solved in a 45-minute meeting. I'm sorry. It takes time to build out the right picture. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this before, but you know, when you think about retirement planning you got to think about it as a vehicle, right? Isn't right. That, you know, we're here yep. now. I'm retired today. I'm going to get there to point B someday in, you know, 30 years. How do I get from here to there very efficiently? And so I always spend a lot of time discussing the vehicle of retirement. Hey, Tony. Okay, here's, a, here's your quiz question. Okay. When a company designs a car, do you think they design it by shaping the wheels first? Or do you think they start outlining the, the bigger picture of the car, the body? Um, I would say it starts with the body. Absolutely. They look at these, 
they draw them first, but then they go get these like big hunking chunks of clay and they start shaping the cars and they right. start looking at it and they find the design. They say, how could this be aerodynamic and efficient and sleek and effective? They don't start by designing a fancy wheel and say, oh my gosh, look how great this wheel is. Now we need <laughs> to find a car to put it on. Yeah. No, the, the companies design the car and then they finish with the details. Well, that is, to me, the fundamental challenge with most financial planning engagements with people is when you start by talking to somebody that wants to sell you a product, that's like designing the wheels of your car first. That's not going to do you any favors. You got to shape the big picture. You got to figure it all out. So think about an efficient vehicle, maybe a, um, let's be really efficient here. How about a hybrid Toyota Camry? You know, hey, Toyotas are reliable, hybrids, gas efficient. You've got this car that's efficient, good service package. That might be a very nice visual picture for what you want your retirement plan to look like. Right? Right. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what happens if you put monster truck tires on your hybrid Toyota Camry? Will it still drive down the road? No. Well, it might. It might, yeah, okay. It, you, know, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta adjust the, the suspension and stuff. <laughs> sure. right? you know, with some adjustments, some, yes. There's yes. some customization there. Yeah. But the thing will probably roll down the road, but it's not going to be efficient at all. It's not going to get good mileage. It's not going to function well. You're not going to be able to get in and out of it easily. It won't be at a the, comfortable ride. That's right. for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. At the same time. What if you put smart car tires on your Toyota Camry? Will it get down the road? Okay, you know, yeah, it might maybe. be it might it might be dragging. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but the same idea is present there that it's not going to be efficient, it's not going to work well. It might kind of limp you down the road a little further, but it's not solving your problems and certainly not in a very effective way. Right. This is to me the analogy of the fundamental failure in financial planning. You have to design the car in order to see what type of wheels and tires would fit on it correctly. If you allow someone to help you purchase something, you know, take all your money out of your 401k, your life savings, and throw it into this investment, to me, that is like putting monster truck tires on your Camry. You didn't plan the right size investment for what the bigger picture requires. Yeah. At the same time, if you let the, the, advisor, insurance agent, whoever you're dealing with, come in and and scrape off what we call the low-hanging fruit. Oh, hey, you've got this little $30,000 IRA over here doing nothing. Let me, I got a great investment for that. I feel that that's the opposite problem. That's like putting smart cart tires on your retirement plan. How does putting $30,000 in this investment help solve the big picture? It doesn't. You have to design the big picture of your retirement plan before you can ever pick a product and ever determine how much money you should possibly put into that product by all means. Yeah. Well, that that's the, that's the bottom line right there. Now we have to take a quick break here, Michael. Uh, but before we do, I know you usually have a special offer for our listeners out there. Uh, what do you have for our listeners today? Well, right now what we're doing is we're offering our complimentary consultation package. So obviously you come meet with us, that's complimentary. But some of the things that we do do is, and we're going to talk about this after the break, but some of the analysis that we do, for example, we do a very comprehensive social security analysis. We offer that complimentary to our clients. I feel that that is the core, the foundation of any retirement plan. 
But those are the pieces of the puzzle as we start to build out what I call a cash flow analysis, your retirement roadmap. It's what everybody needs in order to know how much money's coming in, how much money's going out, and how much they're going to be comfortable with or not in retirement. So we offer all of our initial cash flow analysis complimentary. And certainly, just because we just ordered some more and I've got a big box of them, anybody that calls and makes a, a, a schedules a meeting, I'll be happy to give them a complimentary copy of my book, The Wealth Puzzle, that we wrote that really focuses and drills down on a lot of the topics we're covering today. Now, listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back to finish up our discussion with Michael Mansfield on Financially Tuned right after this. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. The Wealth Puzzle of Fiduciary Guides to Proper Retirement Planning by Michael J. Mansfield from The Lynn Group. If you're like most of our clients, having access to a retirement roadmap could help ease the financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. That is exactly why Michael decided to author his very own book. The Wealth Puzzle, a fiduciary's guide to proper retirement planning, will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 805-500-7035 or visit thelindgroup.com to receive your copy today. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host today, Michael Mansfield of The Lind Group. Michael, great show so far. Thanks for having me on and I'm already learning a lot. I loved your analogy on making sure you get the big picture in mind first before you pick out the tires for that vehicle. You got to know what vehicle you're putting tires on first. I think that's very smart and a great analogy to making sure you're using the right financial professional and doing the right thing. So, Michael, in our discussion, where are we at here? We talked about Right. Uh, we talked about uh, a um, suitability standard and how that's not necessarily the best thing and how you as a professional have a, you're licensed and have a fiduciary responsibility and you work for your clients, not for any one particular financial company, correct? Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about today, Tony. We're talking about the the financial services industry has created laws and guidelines to govern how insurance agents and advisors and stockbrokers and everybody transact business. And the distinction that I'm pushing for for listeners is that just because there's a law in place, we still have to say, well, what is the moral duty? What is the ethical duty of these people to help you? Because depending on the way that they operate, if they operate on a suitability standard, what I feel is there's a much lower moral or ethical obligation. Doesn't mean they don't uphold that and they still don't work in your best interest, but the law kind of strays away from really truly focusing on what's best for the client. Whereas with the fiduciary standard, it goes in the opposite direction. It demands, no matter how an advisor, an insurance agent, a stockbroker feels, they have to act in your best interest. They have to do what's best for you. And I think that that's huge. I have this little chart. You know, sometimes I wish we had a TV show instead of a radio show so I could show things. But I have this chart that shows the effects of asset values to standards. And it's kind of funny because it has this arrow going up. And it says, you know, what happens, you know, with fiduciary standards and whatnot when asset values are going up? And it says the client's happy because their wealth's increasing. The advisor who has a fiduciary standard, is happy because their fees increasing. They're char still charging 1%, but as a dollar, it's getting bigger. And you know what? The broker 
the stockbroker, he's also happy because they still got to charge their commissions. They made their money. But the distinction is in an up market on a lot of levels, there's a debate because everybody's on the same page. Everybody's happy with the direction of things. Conversely, what happens when you look at standards based on asset values going down? Well, all of a sudden the client's not happy, right? Their wealth's declining. Right. Me, me, the investment advisor is not happy either because if, if I'm being selfish, my fees are tied to the market. And if the market goes down, my fee gets smaller. But the stockbroker, the insurance agent, they're still happy because they charged the commission. They made all their money up front. The direction of the account really doesn't matter anymore. Um, so all of a sudden, in a down market, what we see is not all people are on the same page. And one of the things that, that we strive for in our firm at the Lynn Group is we focus on the idea that we want to all be on the same page. We want to sit on the same side of the table as our client. We all want to grow together. We all want to improve together. And we want to put plans in place that really work as a team to get the client where they're going. That's why my earlier analogy of the vehicle is so relevant. I help you design the vehicle. Tell me what you want your car to look like. Do you want a Ferrari? Do you want a Camry? Do you want a Lexus? What, what is it that you're looking for? We can design a plan instead of me saying, hey, look at how cool my products are. We'll figure out how to use them later. So how do we do that, though? And I, I hit on this so often, but it's amazing. As many times as I talk about this on the radio, I have people that come in regularly. And when I go through this simple exercise, still, it seems foreign to most people. So let me take you through my, my three-step initial entry point of designing your retirement vehicle. And Tony, I'm, I'm sure I could just hang up and, and you could go on from here. You're, you're probably sick of hearing this, but, <laughs> but, but step one. What is the most important thing to us? Well, first it's understanding what retirement is all about. For a normal middle-class person, retirement is as simple as you've gone out the front door every day of your life to go earn a paycheck. In order to retire, you want paychecks to come in without having to go out the front door anymore. It's that simple on a lot of levels. We need right. to replace your income. You need paychecks to pay your bills in retirement. So step one, how much money is coming in from the world once you've retired? So we look at external income sources. This is not you making, making a paycheck with your own savings. So step one, social security. If you're married, you've got two sources of social security coming into the household. You need to understand what they are. You need to understand the rules behind social security planning. You need to understand through our analysis, with our software, through our research, what the best time is to take your social security, not just so that you have two paychecks coming in with you and a spouse, but so that when one spouse dies and you have a diminishing income, you didn't artificially make it lower due to poor social security timing. So social security is a huge project in and of itself in our firm. Step two, do you have any pensions coming in? How do we maximize them? What survivorship benefits do they have? And then do we have rental properties or other sources of external income? That is goal number one, is organizing your external income sources. You need to know what they are. This is the cornerstone, the foundation of any proper retirement plan. Then number two, 
we focus on what's going out. Well, what are your expenses? What are your projected expenses? Do you have a mortgage? When will the mortgage be paid off? Do you have in health insurance? Is it subsidized from an employer? Do you pay for it yourself? Are you 65 and on Medicare? What types of expenses and obligations do you have? Because already we're doing simple math here. We just identified what's coming in from the world. We just roughed out what we think our projected expenses could be. And we have an income gap. If you have 7,000 a month coming in and 10,000 a month going out, you have a hole in retirement of $3,000 a month. This is where your hard work comes into play. Your 401ks, your IRAs, your money under the mattress or buried under the tree, whatever your savings is, we now have a, a we, we've now found, identified a problem that needs to be fixed with your savings. If, for example, you're missing $3,000 a month in retirement that you have to fill with your own savings, well, now we get a look at your savings. Do you have enough money to accomplish that, yes or no? If you don't, how do we solve that? Do you need to work longer? Do you need to save more? So we can actually do what's called financial planning, a crazy thought, right? Um, once we've identified if you have enough savings, then we start drilling down on the different types of investments that might be appropriate for generating income. Um, when is that income gap? Is it in three years? Is it in five years? Is it is next month. You know, all right. of these things become relevant to how we invest money. Right. And all it does is it, Tony, is it dictates how much we should invest instead of saying, oh my gosh, you have so much money. Let me invest it. This is a very simple exercise to help us shape your big picture, to understand where you are at and then help you put the appropriate amount of money in the right type of products and investments to solve your problems. Yeah, that's so important. You know what? We're almost out of time here, Michael. Why don't you let our listeners know about that special offer once more really quick before we go? Yeah, if anybody calls us today, if they want to set up a complimentary consultation, give us a call this week. Um, I'm offering my free book, my book, The Wealth Puzzle. Um, you can find it if you wanted to look at it separately, like on Amazon or and on our website. We're also offering our initial cash flow analysis, almost what I just talked through with social security analysis, income analysis, investment analysis, all these different things. We're going to create the cash flow. We'll do that for you complimentary. I'm telling you, this is a huge project. It is invaluable to you. Um, my experience has been not a lot of other advisors do this for people, but to me, this is absolutely the most basic, obvious thing that you need to do before you can retire competently. So I guess to bring back to the analogy, if you want to drive an efficient vehicle, a Lexus, a Camry, whatever it is through retirement, give me a call. If you want to drive a monster truck or a smart car through retirement, you can call somebody else. Yep. Sounds good. What's that phone number one more time? <laughs> it's 805-500-7035. I, uh, you can visit our website, thelindgroup.com. You can listen to our recorded radio shows at financiallytunedradio.com. On our website, you can certainly submit your information, but that was 805-500-7035. And as always, we're located very conveniently right on Victoria in Ventura, right across the street from the government center. So thanks for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035. 
or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 